Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba, merhaba, and welcome to the Lions Den, a golf Sarai podcast done by the community for the community. Today, I am your host, Emre, and I salute you all, my fellow leaders. And I say leaders. Why do I say leaders? Well, I have my two co-hosts with me, and maybe they can fill you in, for those who don't know, with my closest neighbor, Yasin. How are you, and what am I talking about? Good, bro. I'm good. I'm very good, actually, because exactly what you're referring to, we are leaders. Um, I mean, I for the longest time, it's been a super close race, tied in points. So I still looked at us as leaders, regardless of the fact that maybe we were behind in terms of goal difference. But we are actually, you know, technically now leaders with two points ahead of Fenerbahce. So uh, yes, hopefully, ho- hopefully we don't drop this spot for the rest of the year. Whether we drop that spot or not, I trust our team can always gain it back because this team has that championship spirit. You know what I mean? John from Canada. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It was a lovely, lovely weekend. Lovely results for us. And um, there's actually, uh, before we unpack all this and talk about it more, I've been meaning to do something for, I think, like four or five episodes now. And oh, okay. uh, I gotta gotta get it off off my chest right now because every time we record an episode, literally right after I press the stop button, I say, "Damn, I forgot again." So I have to give a shout out to one of our listeners. It is Shevket, uh, the Shevket, and at Shevket Design on Twitter. And long story short, it was my uh, Dede's birthday in December, and. I was like, man, like I was looking for a gift for him and I was like, he's 80 years old. I'm like, you know, what do you get an 80 year old man? Like I've, I, I'm, I always struggle with that. Right. And I was on Etsy, like I think the day before his birthday and I came across this. Um, so for, for the listeners that don't know, I'm Turkish Cypriot. Um, and I came across this like mug, this coffee or tea mug with this really cool, like, Kupusla theme design, right? And I was like, oh, that's amazing. I wish I could buy that. I think he would like that to drink with his chai every night. And I was like, well, it's too late because his birthday's tomorrow. I scroll down on the Etsy page and I see our boy. I see that it's his page and he's selling it. So oh, wow. I sent him a message on Twitter and I said, hey man, it's John from the Lions Den. I said, I came across this ad. It's so cool. You know, I'm trying to get it for my dad's birthday. I said, you know, it's too late for me to order it, but can I maybe pay you and you can send me the uh, design files and then I can get it printed on a mug here and instantaneously replies back. He said, no, no, it's all good. You know, I'll send it to you. I'm not going to take money from you. You know, it's for your dad's birthday. He sent me the files. I got the mug printed. My dad, I loved it. He drinks his chai from it every single night. So thank you, brother. What a mensch. I then, bro. Thank you so, so, so much for that. My dad, loves it. I've been meaning to give you a shout out. So here it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again, brother. Really appreciate it. That's so, Chef Ket, 
You're a mensch, brother. You are a mensch. Well, happy uh, belated birthday to your grandpa. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, you didn't even tell us, man. Sometimes you don't tell us these things. Maybe we could have given him a shout out on the podcast know, too, you know what I mean? I know, man. I was stressing about the gifts. <laughs> well, That's I'm glad. What, what is, if you don't mind me asking, what did you get printed out exactly? It's like a design in the... Uh, in the North Cyprus flag, it's like, so the flag, I don't know if you guys know what it looks like. It's like the, the moon and star, just like on the, on Turkey's flag, yeah, but then there's, yeah. but the flag is white and there's two red bars, two red one lines. on the top, one on the bottom. And yeah. the, the flag is made up of all the different like cities and towns in Cyprus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a really cool design. So, so thankful for it, man. Ooh. All right. Speaking of, uh, two. Our game against Bushwick Shared, we won 2-0 at home. But before we go into that, you know, we got to always ask, you guys got anything on your mind, any news you guys want to speak of? We did have a few new transfers. I don't know if you guys want to talk about them. I think, did we do that last time already, John? I, I can't recall now. Um, um, the only thing we didn't talk about, we kind of left it as a uh, cliffhanger, was um, Derek Kuhn. We said mm. we're interested in him, but it's become official now. So we do have a new left back in town. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a left back and a right back. And our right back, Serge Aurier, hasn't come back from the AFCON because he's actually an AFCON champion. Mm-hmm. You know, just gossip DNA rubbing, so like, you know, rubbing off on someone immediately, like yep. making an immediate impact. And they won against a team that had a Fenerbahce player. So, <laughs> I, that might be, you know, foreshadowing for the rest of the season. Well, don't you guys think? Hopefully, man. Hopefully. And uh, you said AFCON. So, Aurea is <laughs> representing Ivory Coast, who we actually have right. a lot of prior and current players uh, of the same national team. Uh, one of them is our very own Zaha. Previous to that is Drogba, Aboe. Seri, uh, who is now at Fulham, and uh, who's the last one? Um, I think I sent you the picture. I don't recall now. Um, oh, Keita. Keita, exactly. So a lot of good players that I think, for the most part, fans have always loved and respected. Zaha is still kind of a work-in-progress situation, but I think we respect his passion and his love for the game. So hopefully his career at Gala finishes very similar to the rest of the guys. But um, yeah, congrats to them. Congrats to Arier. He's coming back a champion. He tasted that sweet success with the national team. And I'm sure he's going to want that now with the club team. I mean, if you look at his prior clubs, he hasn't necessarily played <clears throat> at the biggest clubs and in the domestic leagues where he was at. So he's not necessarily a big trophy winner. So uh, hopefully he comes here together with Zaha and, you know, fights for the, fights for the championship with the rest of the team. Yeah, I'm surprised they did it without Zaha. You know, you'd expect them to want to have Zaha on their team, but he has not been called. I don't know what's going on at the national team, but congrats to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have anything to add to that, John. Um, yeah, not really much to add about that. I was wondering what you guys think about uh as a player yeah like i know yeah it might have been a bit hard to like get intel on him because he he didn't exactly come from like one of the most popular leagues but 
have you guys done any research watched any videos and what do you guys think about him um yeah he's from the second league in germany and basically the profile that i saw of him is that he is one of the fastest players that will have been playing for us like on levels fast and another really good thing i heard about him is he can cross really really well and he can play he used to be a midfielder or something like that if i'm i'm I have such a bad memory, but he his original position was not left back. He's a, transitioned into left back, you know, when he was much, much younger. So he has really good ball control. He's very fast and he can cross. He has good, you know, good things. His defending is not going to be Bowie level defending, right? But that's, Bowie was an anomaly. Let's just be real. No one's going to defend as well as Bowie, but his speed gives him an edge Especially in the way we play. We play very like upfront, press high. Oh, he's also good at pressing. So yeah. Where did I get this? Uh sorry, I got a shout out to the person I watched the video. And you guys all probably all know Orhan Uluja. He do he does these uh an- analysis of players. Very, very great guy. Would recommend his videos. But yeah, go ahead, Yasin. Yeah, just to add on to that a couple I mean, I think we should talk about the details of the transfer as well. So you're the he, finance guy, so yep, you do it. He is 25 years old, so he's not necessarily old. He's not necessarily young. He's right about that age where some players haven't even hit their prime yet. So whatever we talk about now, whatever we've seen or others have seen of him in the past, this is not necessarily the peak of what we're going to see. He can develop into a much better player over the next two, three years. So hopefully that is the case if he fits well with us. Um, with that said, uh, 25 years old. We bought him from Hanover 96 in the second Bundesliga um, for 3.35 million euros in transfer fees and an additional up to 300,000 in bonuses. Uh, it looks like a three-year contract, I believe, with an additional option for two years. Um, I don't have all the details translated in front of me, but that, you know those little details don't matter. Essentially, he's our player for years to come. Um, and I just want to add, in terms of the player type that he is, uh, I found a comment from a Hanover 96 fan uh, on Reddit. And, you know, a Gala fan, curious just like us, asked whether anybody knows any information about him. This user, I'm just going to quote him. Uh, no need to kind of uh, shorten this. It's already pretty short. He says, uh, Derek Cohn is the best offensive left back in the second Bundesliga. He's a threat for goal on his own. World-class left foot, really good athletically, someone lacking with his right foot, great in space, struggles with dribbling in close quarters, his defensive positioning is good, his tackling is below average. His best fit is wing-back role, but he has played well in a classic left-back position most of the time. So based on that alone, I, I think there's a little bit of room for excitement. Uh, yeah. World class left foot excites me. <laughs> That's the first thing that uh, I, you had me at best attacking left back in, in the, the second, second league. Bundesliga. And hey, guys, look, it's obviously not Bundesliga. You you want a player that's very good in the best league there is, or, you know, best domestic league in the country. But I don't think the second Bundesliga is bad. You know, we we've seen players I think it's from probably better second than leagues, Turkish league, probably in some ways, and they're competing too. It's not like he's coming from a you know, a lower level team from the league who's in relegation. No, he is playing consistent minutes. He has 
bunch of goals, bunch of assists for his team. So he's on the rise. Um, and we were able to buy him uh, in the winter transfer window before his release clause was triggered in the summer. So I think we paid a little bit over what his, tra- uh, his release clause was going to be just to bring him in now because obviously we needed him. So I'm excited, man. If he, if he can pass the ball accurately, whether that's crosses, driven passes to Icardi, whoever's playing midfield, that's going to help us in our attack. I already trust our defense quite a bit, whether that's Abdukerim at the left uh, center back position or whether that's Nelson or whoever's playing there. I think for the league, we're already very good. So if he's going to be a little bit of a liability defensively, a little bit, that's okay, I think, um, until we get things sorted maybe in the summer or going forward. So I'm excited for him. You know, it's uh, funny because he looks like someone that's from John's country, Canada. John, <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about? Man, I've been making jokes about this. I've had a couple <laughs>, laughs myself. Like <laughs> I, he. So first, when when we first found out about this guy, I was like, I was a little skeptical because I was like, oh man, I think he he's kind of giving me Adakube vibes right now. You know, not just <laughs> the way he looks, but like he was just kind of giving me those vibes, right? And then when he was announced in the group chat we have, I, I, I kept posting pictures of Adakube when he first joined. Like, you guys know that, like, signing room that we have where all the players take a picture next to our yeah. flag and, like, yeah. when they're signing the contract? I just posted Adakube's pictures in the chat to see if anyone would notice. <laughs> but but uh, anyways. Bro, you I, got me. You got yeah. me with that. I, Bro, I woke up one random morning with, like, yeah. I was scrolling through, like, 100 <laughs> messages and I quickly see that. I'm like, oh, shit. He already signed? Like, I thought he was supposed to come at nighttime or some shit like that. And then I look closer. It's out of cook face. Yeah. Yeah. Jump, bro. yeah, I got a, I got a couple of people with that. But um, anyway, I, I hope he doesn't turn out that way, which I don't think he will. Because Adekube, I mean, I knew because I've seen him play so many times. I knew he wasn't, you know, a high quality player. But uh, Cone is looking pretty uh promising i guess there's a lot of things about him that i think could translate well in our team and the league so i mean you guys spoke about it already i don't have much more to add but i'm i'm hoping he lives up to his uh you know those expectations of being an attacking player physical player good crossing ability so we'll see what happens but i think it you know it could turn out to be a a very nice transfer definitely yeah yeah we've been playing with back on at left back oh yes and it's kind of what we wanted from Angelino, right? Like we, when we bought him, we said, mm-hmm. oh, nice. Mm-hmm. We have an actual left-footed left-back who is known to be very good in the attack. He also was criticized to not be the most defensive left-back. And we said, okay, that's fine. As long as he makes up for that, for actually being an offensive left-back, which turned out not to be the case. So um, hopefully Derek Cohn is, you know, actually lives up to those expectations. And another thing that's actually really important to note is Derek Cohn is not registered in our Europa League squad because of the timing of the transfer. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So unfortunately, against Sparta Prague and going forward, we will not be seeing Derek Cohn in our squad playing left back. So hopefully, Balkan Kutlu or whoever is playing in that position is sufficient for us. Um, you know, is, yeah. Uh, if you want to. No, no, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say the biggest difference between him and Angelino. Angelino always waited for the ball to be like passed to him before he crosses the difference between him and uh cone is cone can make space for himself with the ball and 
I, I, I have a good feeling about him. I, I really do. So I'm glad we got out of Angelino's contract, man. And we got him for what half of the price of what we we're going to get Angelino almost, give or take. So yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, I like this transfer. This is the type of transfer we need to go for. Not like Fursat transfers like Tete or Zaha or players that are on the downfall. And like, we, I think we ran out of Floria water at this point because we like you can't have this many people and expect the team to gel together. That's one of the biggest problems. And you heard what the guy said. He's the best attacking left back in, in the league. So I'm happy with this transfer. I think it's a good transfer. Yeah, and his wages are very low. I mean, you know, some people might say three and a half million, that, that's a lot of money. In today's market, number one, it's not a lot of money. And number yeah, two, his wages are under 500K a year. That is very, very affordable. So worst case scenario, he doesn't work out and he has interest in other leagues, uh, whether that's Bundesliga and whatnot. His age, like I said, he hasn't even hit his prime yet. Worst case scenario, you... You you market him through an agent to another team and you sell him near near uh, cost. So it's a win win situation for us. I, I think we really did a good job with this one. Of course, we need to see how he plays out, but it, it looks good on paper. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I hope so as well. And I think Okambura can make use of him. He likes fast players, so I think I think we'll do good. He knows how to make people shine most of the time. It might not always work out. You know, Angelino and whatnot but players like him i think he'll do fine fast yeah. athletic players in the super league it's it's yeah it's a combination of success for success exactly if you look at these unadulted teams like even though they might have the most quality players gifted players they they bring in these athletes that are just really fast that can run have really good stamina and they and always strong. cause trouble so yeah Worst case scenario, we have somebody like that. And I, I see that as a good transfer. So looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah. So we're leaders now. After winning against Bushak Shir, our opponents tied at home, losing two points. So what do you guys think of the season so far? It's been a neck-to-neck fight and struggle. And the way they actually secured a point is just unbelievable. And our our admins on Twitter came out and released a statement. They haven't released a statement like this all season, I think. I, I could be wrong. I don't follow that often. But they came out and said some like some telling stuff like, oh, we're not going to let you guys, you know, get away with this. We're going to be champions, stuff, something like that. Because like... There was really, really bad ref refing in that game. Like they gave, they got a ridiculous penalty. I the worst penalty I've I've seen so far in this league. One of the worst. And like the red cards that were not given. John, you tagged me on WhatsApp immediately because you know me. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. Explain it to these fools. Yeah, dude. Like that don't that don't think that there's something wrong with our league. That there's no corruption. I mean. <clears throat> Every season, there's always those couple moments that kind of rise above all the other ones because it's just so, so, so bad. And like what I saw with that penalty that was given today, um, yeah, I, I didn't even know what to say, man. Like it's just so pathetic. It's it's so, so pathetic. And the thing that makes it worse is it, it's like, bro, you have people in the VAR truck. Like what are they doing in there, bro? Are they, what are they doing? 
are they playing Pal World on the fucking monitor, like next to the one playing the game? Like, wh- how is this even possible? So you know that guy that's the meme that came out recently with the guy smoking. He was like a commentator. They're probably all oh, of them yeah, in yeah. there smoking, yeah. like him. Yeah, bro. It, it, like I, I just, I don't know. I just, I can't believe it. And like you, you can't help but think there's has to be something going on there, bro. Like when you see stuff like that, like it literally looked like. I'm not saying this is what actually happened, but it literally looked like halftime came. They told uh, Jiku or whatever the hell his name is, Jiku. Yeah, they told him. All right, when we go back out there for the second half, just fall down. We're going to give you the penalty. <laughs> just just fall down. Don't worry. We're going to give it to you. And it literally looks like that's what happened. You know? You know, you know why? In addition to that, real quick, the ref blew the whistle so fucking quick. I know. Bro. I know. I know. Yeah. Like, no hesitation. like, no hesitation, bro. Just blew the whistle, pointed to the fucking penalty spot. I'm like, brother, like, I, I'm still, like, trying to understand what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like usually no when check. and bro when they do that, so even when he like hem and blows the whistle, points to the spot. Usually he kind of like wanders off a little bit and like puts one hand up to his ear to like indicate he's listening <laughs> to. Bro, bro, where was that? Where was that, bro? I did not see you listening or checking anything, bro. What the hell is going on here? Like that. This is this was the moment. Like, there's been other pretty bad ones in the season, but this one, bro, I can't believe it, man. I can't believe meanwhile, it. Meanwhile, meanwhile, when we need a penalty, they'll go like they'll go through Vartrek. Oh. That Vartrek will go through Congress. It'll oh, forget have to it, be bro. signed by the president. Forget it. You know it's, what I mean? It's a whole it's process. Whole that's thing. what ha- that's what happened when Alanya scored their first goal, bro. They, so they scored because Farida the fucking balloon that he. I'm just kidding. He's a, he's a good player, but. He fucked up defensively. He lost the ball because of a tackle from an Alanya player. They scored. Brother, they checked VAR for like two minutes. Like they're looking at like every little angle that you can think of. Of the tackle, of the challenge, of the goal, like the offside. I'm like, yo, these motherfuckers are going to cancel this goal that is perfectly clean. I I was shocked that they allowed the goal to happen. I'm surprised they didn't like just create something random f- for them to cancel it. I know. Yeah, they'd be making rules on the spot. It's kind of funny. And, and bro, on top of that as well, they like there's copyright claims on all the videos that are posted on Twitter every, for yeah. that position bro, every like, week. Not bro, just that position. Every fan about your questionable position. It's every single week, John. As soon it's as they like, go up, bang, they come right back down. It's so insane. And it's the opposite for us, the inverse for us. Like when there is a position in our favor, it stays up. I know. All week. 10 Not angles, a single, 4K, yeah, exactly. 720p, 1080p, 4K, <laughs> 8K, 3D, Dolby 7.1 surround sound. Like it, it's just <laughs> insane, bro. That's a really good point though. Like I've noticed that too. It's It's shocking how quickly that they're good about deleting those positions like people can't even see the truth man like people legit can't see what happened and they have to go off of like random ass screenshots or like the worst angles that they somehow happen to leave up online like i don't know man yeah it's crazy and like emre mentioned the um like i just find it so cringe and hilarious at the same time so like like he was saying we made a twitter post saying like you know, we were, we were like, oh, like a, a referee that's blind to uh, red cards and like a weird penalty. 
And they were saying like, you know, the one that deserves to win will win the championship, like despite all this bullshit. And then Fened replied to it and they're like, oh, like they're essentially saying, you know, you guys are the ones who know best about blind referees and weird penalties and all of this bullshit. And it, it, yeah, it, it, it bro, like it's, it's just, it's you, you get to a point where you don't even know what to say. You kind of just ignore it, bro. Like it, it kind of used to get on my, under my skin before, but there's no basis in what you guys are bro, saying. Cause like, they spew out things so frequently yeah. that nothing they say have value anymore. They, they lost all like value in what they say. Yeah. Like they, their Twitter is basically run by a 17 year old, you know, kid going through puberty or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, they can, they can, you know, scream off, do whatever they want. No one gives a kick. Like no one cares anymore. And we're starting to play by their rules and their game. We're not shutting up. We're not being the good guy anymore. I think I what was it. Added to more like, oh, we like we're not we're not being the nice guy. We're gonna play the way they're playing, something like that. I clearly remember it was like a recent interview. So, yeah, needs to be done. There are people saying this is not golf, right? This is not what we should be doing. They're right to a certain extent, but enough is enough. Where you see blatant things like this, and even though when they're wrong, a lot of the time they will still find a way to blame the referees. Even after they win. So, uh, you know, you know what they say. God will find a way to serve you what you are owed. So, with that said, we are two points ahead. And we have played a Bashak Shir game at home. Who wants to take us into that game? That's my cue. Well, John, that's your cue, bro. So, like you said, we were at home against Bashakshir. This one finished 2-0. Victory for us. It was the 25th round of the Super League. We'll go through our starting 11. We had Muslera and Gol, Khan, Aihan, and Berkan as our fullbacks once again. Davidson Sanchez and Nelson, centerbacks. Lucas Torreira, Kerem Demirbay, Kerem Akturkolo, Barish, Mertens, and Icardi up front. FotMob and SofaScore both have our highest rated player as Budish. And we'll go through some stats as well. So we had 52% possession, an XG of 1.36, 18 total shots, 7 on target, and 2 goals to nil, like I said, by Budish and Mertens. Um, I'll give my thoughts quick um, about... Um, the first half, because I think the first half is a bit different than the second half, which we'll discuss. Right. But um, what I really loved about this match was, um, you know, something that was a little different for us. And that was um, scoring two goals early. And we did that in the Samsung match as well. And I was mentioning, like, it was such a breath of fresh air, kind of putting the match away in the first half. But again, kind of like the Samsung match, we scored two pretty early goals. And then, I don't know, we couldn't make anything happen after that. It was weird. Like the first half, we were kind of just, you know, rolling and like marching on. It looked like we were going to steamroll them again. And then we just kind of got stuck in the mud again in the second half. But the first half was looking promising. And um, again, I can't believe it, man. Like, Budish, I don't know what else to say about this guy, man. Like, he scored a beautiful goal to make it 1 0. 
we kind of uh, uh, played the ball long kind of, and it was like bouncing and he was kind of in like this weird foot race with the defender. And then he actually got the ball. The defender was draped all over him inside the box. He turns on his weak foot and bangs it and scores. And I he does a little fake. Yeah, bro. I can't believe this guy, man. He's so, so good. And like to reiterate what I've been saying again, as of right now, it's impossible to bench him. Impossible, bro. And like no, the, spots he, the spots he's been playing are getting filled, like left back and right back. But even though there's so much competition for, you know, on the wing, it's impossible to bench him. But well, anyways. I don't think there's any competition on the wing. He's going to be right wing if you ask me. He deserves to be on the right wing. Yeah, like you look at our bench and we have Zaha and Tete on the bench. Kerem who's starting, which a lot of people, including myself, don't think he should be starting anymore. And yeah, I don't know. But all, all I know is, all I know is he needs to stay in, this, in the starting 11. That's all I know. But what, what do you guys think about uh, him and the first half? By May, um, I just want to... Talk about Butch a little bit. Apparently, Butch has been hiring people like coaches, mental coaches, physique coaches that help him work on his physique to uh, work on him. And he's been watching um, replays of positions that he messed up to fix that, to work on that. So, Butch is doing a lot of work on himself personally to make himself more viable. And we have to also give credit to where it's due, Okan Hoja. You know, at the end of the day, he's the one that's utilizing him the way he's utilizing him for him to be successful. So you have two these two different factors, the effort from the player, the effort from the coach, and then you got Butish. And like you said, you can't, you, there's no way you can justifiably bunch but, bunch, bench Butish right now over anyone. Damn, you might even play him over Serge Aurier if you need to. Like, if you, if the, you can't play Kerem, and you need someone for the Turkish quota, you can throw in Budish. And one thing I want to, um, I have like a different outlook on the 2 nil thing, why we like kind of, you know, take our foot off the uh, pedal in like second halves. I believe that Okan is, right now he is working with scraps. Let's be real. He's working with scraps and he has a bunch of injured players now. Nelson is injured. You have Khan that needs, you know, surgery you have up all that's injured and you you don't really have a lot of options right now in the midfield you're playing with Kerem Demirbay right and uh most of us would probably well even though he's doing much better the past few le- weeks your options are limited and do you really want the team to just go for that 5-0 6-0 or do you want them to get the 2-0 play as needed hold that 2-0 and just focus on winning on the next game doing the same thing Go hard in the first 30, 40 minutes, get the goals, and then, you know, sit back and relax. I think that might be the, the thing that's going there. What's up? I, I don't know. Um, not sure if I agree with that because it's risky. Um, 2 nothing is a good lead, but it's also very dangerous because, especially when you score early goals, right? We saw it against Samson, as John just pointed out. We scored two early goals against Samson. And that just fires up the opposing team to say, fuck it. Like, let's, if we're going to go with 60% throttle in attack, we got to go 90. We got to go 100 now. And then if they score, they could easily have enough momentum to score a second goal before halftime. Or, uh, you know, that, that could create panic for us. Not, not to say that, you know, I think we're good in this perspective this year. You know, we don't necessarily panic when the moments do get tight. 
and but our still, defense is good. Our defense is good, but you never know, right? Like these teams that we play against, Bashakshir, Samsung, they're not necessarily bad teams either. They're not great, but they're not bad either. And all it takes is one or two players to be in very good form, to be in very focused in that moment, in that time period, and just be fired up. And all of a sudden, before you know it, it's 2-2. And then before you know it, the ref screws you with a, with a bad you know, red card, yellow card, a bad challenge, a penalty, and then you're you're risking losing two points there. On top of that, we talked about it last week with John. Goal difference is huge. We yes, we're two points ahead of Fenerbahce, but that can disappear next week. God forbid we tie, they win. All of a sudden, it's tie game again. And then goal difference is important. We we saw it with that one season with Bishitash. I don't want to get to the end of the season and risk being tied points with Fenerbahce and not win the title because they scored more goals than us. And to avoid that, you want to take advantage of these, these opportunities. When you're playing at home, the crowd is behind you, you score two early goals, just keep going. You have the quality to do it. Look, I, I get what you're saying, and I think it's somewhat logical, but maybe instead of 2 nothing, quality. get 3 nothing. Get get the third goal and then maybe, you know, take it a little bit easy because when you get lackadaisical after two nothing, it's not only is it just not pleasant to watch as a fan, but I don't know. I I, I don't like that feeling it causes the team. I think the team should always be hungry, always be serious and focused in the attack. I'm not necessarily saying don't don't go into every challenge like a hundred percent and risk getting injured. Obviously you don't want to do that, but still play seriously. That's the one thing that I criticize. After the second goal, it's like the team just became a little bit too lackadaisical, too comfortable. I get it. You know, we're playing at home. We have the comfort. We can always pick it up a throttle if we need to. But I think I think we should maintain a certain respectable level the entire 90 minutes, no matter what. And I've, I haven't been seeing that. Um, it's not the end of the world, but... It could bite us in the ass uh, one of these days, and I don't want it to. We're we're in a position in a season where it is so cutthroat because every point matters. I understand the fans want to see 90 minutes of good football, but do you want to just see good football or do you want to be champions, right? Not necessarily saying that you can't have both, but currently with what the coach has in his hands, it's not very practical to expect 90 minutes of good football Every day, every time we play, like every week. Plus, you also have to understand that there's mo- we're going to have multiple games now. We're going into a session where we're going to have uh, Europe and then the Turkish Cup. And, do you, dude, you don't even have a backup for Torreira. Your, your, <laughs> your squad, Beep squad, is basically Endombele and Eyüp Aydın. You don't have anybody. So, think of it like that. Like, you don't want to exert too much. And to be quite frank... Bashak is a, not a mediocre team. They 13, their past 13 games, they only lost one game, and that was to Fenerbahce. And they were down a man for like 60 minutes, if I recall, 60 or 50 minutes. So I think the team is not that they're lackadaisical. I think they, you know, trust themselves enough to know, oh, they score a goal, we'll we'll pump up, you know, the gas as well. No worries. Right now, I think that's the plan. But but you are right. It can bite us in the ass. But what can bite us even more in the ass is when we start losing players and not winning any game. That might hurt us even more in the long run. So I think he's just trying to maintain a certain level of of, um, performance from from the team and try to maintain 
a little bit of their stamina and their form, not push them too much. Do you guys yeah, ever have you guys ever heard the saying uh, in football that a two nothing lead is the worst lead to have? Have you guys heard that? Yeah, I've that, seen. Yeah. I've seen. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of crazy. There's some. There's something about that two nil lead that's like begging to be two two, or God forbid three two sometimes. But it's a. I think, in my opinion, it's a difficult balance. Like. It's like we went we went up 2-0 and then I don't know like we had a couple decent chances to score again but it doesn't exactly feel like we were pushing very strongly for the third I'll say it it, it didn't feel like we were trying to to sort of uh, overwhelm them and and make them give us the third goal right and I don't know it it is kind of it is kind of worrying when that happens. And like, th- there's certain moments in the match, like in the 35th minute, Kerem had a really good chance on the right-hand side. Some pe- And it, like, I've seen so many people say different things. I don't know if you guys can recall the position. I know, Yasin, you were talking about it in our group yeah, chat I remember. earlier. It's like, some people are like, oh, he should have just kept running and shot the ball. Or some people saying he should have put in sort of a curling pass towards a cardi that was running towards the second post and and like that was another position and and how that position ended up was basically he played it uh across the box Budish had the ball and he passed it to mertens that was on the penalty spot and mertens shot it and volkan just made a really great save but it's moments like that where like Bro, if if you can just secure that third goal, the landscape of the match kind of changes. You know, like once it becomes three nil, then the that psychology kind of sinks in, and the other team, you know, maybe they might start doubting this result, right? But like when you keep it two nil for so long and such a big part of the match, you the other team still has like that little bit of hope in them that they can still pull something back, you know? And yeah, I don't know, it just. I I feel like we could have got the third, but it's just always, I don't know. We just can never make it happen. It's kind of frustrating, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to the other side of that as well, the psychology part of it, right? The other team thinks that they can come back. Our players know that they can come back too. Like two nothing, as you said, is a dangerous lead. Our players know that if they score, they can come back. And there's a little bit of discomfort that comes with that in how you play and the way that you play. I'm still for the idea of just push for that third. Like, we started the game really, really well, by the way. I don't know if we talked about it. High press. Everybody collectively pressing high. We won so many balls in the midfield. We were able to attack and counter because of it. Like, the first... I mean, we scored the 25th and 31st minute not because of just pure skill or random luck or a big mistake from their end it's because we we really push for it so my thinking is why not push like this for the first entire 45 minutes 60 minutes because i mean look you're, you're talking about being careful about the players you know stamina health injury all that look martins came out in the 73rd minute Kedem came out on the 45th that was because of injury nelson came out in the 59th because of injury both situations, I think, were a little bit of just unfort like bad luck. It's not like they out, you know, ran themselves into injury or anything like that. It was just kind of 
injuries that happen on the field, right? That that can happen any right. moment. Now and think you- about it. If you add the injuries that you're talking about that can happen from overexertion, now then you're gonna lose half your team. I I see what you're saying. I I don't know. Um I think like if we can maintain like if we can't maintain that for 50 60 minutes then what are we doing here, right? Like I don't I don't think it's a lot to ask. I think we can, but what what need is there, right? Like John said, we got the 2-0 and we found positions to make it 3-0, but that seems to be a bigger pressing issue. We cannot be able we're not finding the 3-0, making those last minute decisions that are not like securing that goal. And I think the idea is like from all kinds of guys, listen, we're going to get the first and second goal and then teams are going to have to open up and then we'll find easier positions. We just got to chill and let them come to us and we'll find those positions. All you guys got to do is score. But that's the problem. They're not scoring. Same thing happened in Samsung as well. We did find a few positions that they didn't capitalize on. And uh, I I get where you guys are coming from. Get the three. No, don't even leave it to that, right? Secure the the three nil victory or three nil score, and then they'll have to go even harder or just break their spirits. But like, they don't know us. They don't know us today. We came back how many times this season? Being down a goal, yeah, yeah. we were down two goals at one point, if I recall, one of the games, and we came back. So I ain't too concerned about that, to be honest with you. Um, if you guys have nothing to add to that, I do have one topic that a lot of people seem to be talking about. Sure. You, all right. Our man, Mauro Icardi, man. What is going on? I, I kind of see what's going on. A lot of people are saying here, look, he's, he doesn't have the same tenacity from last year. He's not, his movement is not there. He's not, he's not showing the same effort he used to show. A lot of people... I would tell them, look, you're right, but I have a counter argument to why he's not doing it. Last year, you had two wingers that their primary objective was to find Icardi and assist him and feed him. Icardi saw the ball so much more last year than he did this year. Now you have two wingers that are so selfish at times. Zaha, not as selfish, but Tete has been one of the most selfish players I've ever seen in this team. Zaha, for some reason, Zaha does not cross the ball or pass to Icardi until he's in the box. Whereas Keram will try to missile lock onto Icardi from anywhere on the pitch. And the amount of goals Icardi found last year, positions, was immense. And now, if I'm a card, if I'm a player, picture you, yourself in his shoes. You're in a holosa, right? Playing 5v5. You're doing all the defending. You're running back and forth, but you're not seeing the ball. After a while, you're going to be like, yo, why am I running? What am I doing all this for? It's like, yeah, you're getting paid, but it's like you, you got to have some like hope of seeing the ball and scoring. Otherwise, you're just running like a headless chicken. People will say, well, he's, his form is not there. True, he's not finishing positions he's finding at times, however seldom they do come. But in terms of motivation, I can see why he's not as motivated. I think once the Hoja finds a little bit more of a solution to this issue and he picks up his form slightly more, I think he'll be better. Let's not bring out the, the pitchforks and uh, the torches just yet. 
So yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? John. What do you think about what do you think about that, Yasin? Go ahead. I mean, I'm not concerned. I really am not. Like same, I'm not either, man. It's I, I think a lot of it is exaggerated too. Like, oh, he's not running this, that. I like the position that I think John was just mentioning. You know, Kedem came down the right side with the ball. Yes, he, yes. Icardi ran as fast as and he hustled as much as I like I've ever seen him before. Like he ran super, very fast, quick pace. Uh he gave his all. He ran right behind the defender, great run, timed it all, and Kedem just didn't make the right pass. Icardi did everything he's supposed to do. He just didn't get the pass. And I think that kind of summarizes what we've been seeing so far. It's just he's not getting the passes that he normally does. And it's in, it's an accumulation of a lot of things. Kedem, who is one of the guys that found him the most last season, is in terrible form. His touches are awful. His His vision, all that, like his shooting is inconsistent or just out of form, right? Like, we all accept this. He's not a bad player. He's just out of form, okay? And then on the other side, we're missing... Uh, what's his name? Rashica. Rashica. So, like, a lot of these little things, it's just kind of... <laughs> it's creating a, a bad situation for Riccardi. Otherwise, as we, I think we mentioned it essentially every episode now. His hustle is there. His desire is there. He gets mad when he doesn't get the ball. And it's not mad in a toxic way either. There's there's players that get mad and frustrated. That's toxic. And how how do I how can you see the difference? It's when it's constantly all the time, whether they get the ball or not, or whether they're involved or not. Like when does Icardi get mad? It's when he makes the run and he doesn't get the ball, but then he's very quick to get back into the play. When his teammates score or make the right pass to somebody, even though it's not him. He's happy. He's he's involved. As soon as we score, his hands go up in celebration. He's one of the first guys to run over to the guy who scored or who just shot, you know, the, the winning goal. Like he's very excited. He's very invested into the team. As long as you continue to see that, which I am, I'm not concerned. Icardi is a striker. He wants to score goals. He he probably sees his accusations, which I joke around myself, you know. Picardi, you know, penalty, that's all he does. Like, you guys see me joke about it all the time. He's a, he's a penalty merchant, this, that. I mean, look, there's a little bit of truth to that because that's all he's been scoring, but that's not because he can't do the other. He can't. It's not because he can't score normal goals. It's just he hasn't been getting the opportunities. Yes, he'll trinkle. You know, it's not, not to say he's getting zero opportunities, but not nearly as much as you want to see for a guy of his caliber. Yeah. Right? So... I'm not concerned. You know, I, I think all it's going to take is like one game where he's going to score one or two like normal goals in open play. And it's just going to be history from there. It, it's, you know, it, yeah. You know, you were saying that he's finding goals only from penalties, but riddle me this. How many times can a prep player have their goal canceled from offsides? That, that too. That's got to be frustrating as hell. Yeah. So. And he was like, Barely. If it was any other team, if, it was, if they're wearing, you know, yellow and blue, you know, colors, that that offside wouldn't be offside, because it's ridiculous how often that happens to him. So yeah, yeah. yeah nah, it's it's. I'm not worried about him. I'm just worried that like the fans did what they did to Kedem was a little too much, and you can see the effects of it having an impact on his mental health. I hope that doesn't happen to Icardi as well. Like eventually. People will get frustrated, and the amount of of Alga 
um, you just manipulation going on in the media, it might get to the fans' heads and they might start revolting, you know, might might start saying, why is Icardi playing? Why is he doing this? And all I ask for people is just don't give in to that. Got to give players some time. Just try to think of the player from their shoes uh, from time to time. That's all, all I can ask for. I, d- I don't think that'll happen because the difference between Kerem or the reason why Kerem is getting that bad commentary is because he's getting all these chances and he's fucking them up consistently. Whether it's the pass or the shot, every fucking week, John is losing his hair because <laughs> because Kerem is fucking shooting missiles to don't fucking get me Morris. Wrong. I- I'm not saying don't criticize. You have every right to criticize. You can criticize the card, but I'm saying when you start saying terrible things on him, when you start booing him when he's coming off the pitch, that's going to help nobody. Yeah, nobody. His, that's his, not going to help you. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you, but like his his reputation is at unprecedented levels in terms of recent history for Gala players. So I think he has a little bit of uh, rep before any of that goes south. You know, you'd be surprised because I'm seeing a lot of people starting to complain too much about yeah, Icardi. Pe- people complain all the, all the time. Um, I'm not sure what people want though. Like I think, like, I think a lot of fans just look at the result and the score sheet, you know, and they're just like, oh, 2-0 against Bashakshir, uh, Barish, Mertens, yeah, no Icardi goal, trash. You know? Like, I don't think, like, I just, I don't, I don't know what they, what fans want him to do. Like, he, he doesn't get in that many, like, clear positions, bro. Like Also, it, if yeah. I can add to what you're saying, yeah. he is being so heavily marked. He's being abused in that box and refs are letting it happen. Yeah, it's it's like I I just I'm not sure what they want. It's like if he was wasting chances or just losing the ball all the time unnecessarily, you know, then I can just say, "Oh my god, like this guy cannot score, bro. Like we have to get him off the field because when we get the chance, he just can't put it in the net." Right? But I I just don't see that, bro. I, I don't see him getting these touches in the box. Like there might be a couple times where you know, he like the ball will come in at a weird angle and he'll he'll have like a bad touch and the ball will bounce away or like or something like that. But there's so few chances where he's in front of the goal and can strike the ball and try to score. Like Yeah. You know, it's just I, I just don't see that happening. And there was one I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was one moment in the match where like he had the ball from outside the box and he he, he kind of like he kind of dribbled Shot. his way. He like dribbled his way through like three, oh, yeah. four players. Do you, do you guys remember that? It was yeah. like around yeah. the 60 or 70th minute, I think. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, oh my God, this is it. This is it. And it, it, didn't, ha- it didn't happen. But like, it, it's like he's relying on these kind of chances, bro. Like that's not what Acardi does. Acardi doesn't take the ball from outside the box and dribble past four players and score. You know what I mean? It's like he, he relies on us to build something up so we can have a quality chance. And score yeah. it, but it's just not happening, man. The ball. Uh, I also not saw him try to take shots from outside shot. the box too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure he's, like, he's frustrated now, bro. Like he just yeah. he, he's doing anything he can to try to score a goal that's not offside and not a penalty, right? And I think Yasin mentioned it. Like, I think it just kind of is going to take one or two goals for him to start just having that like instinct. You know, just to to be in the right place at the right time. But but as of right now, the ball is just not falling for him, bro. It's not. He can't get anything going right now. So, 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, hopefully, in our game against Sparta Praha, he might actually have an opportunity to score. But uh, before we go there, any other... What about Mertens? He's putting in a performance. Wouldn't you guys agree? He's always... He's so consistent, man. Like, so consistent in certain things that he does. Like, I'm not saying he's so consistent in scoring or getting assists, even though he has been. Like, in the Samsung match, he got an assist. He scored in this Bashakshir match. But he just shows up, bro. Like, he just shows up to play. He just shows up to play, you know? He wasn't he- great in the beginning of the season. I think that's why you had Keron play there. He wasn't like how he was now. Yeah, but, but, but it's like, I, I, I don't feel that he had like, like, I don't know. It was kind of choppy, bro. Like, I didn't feel like he really got a chance to like really get going. Like, Kerem just, when he went in that position, like, it just kind of fucked everything up. Like, he's, he's consistently playing there now, which is what I wanted. Because I, I think he makes a really yeah. big difference for us in the way that we play. And, you know, he's been putting in like 70, 75, 80 minutes, which is good enough for me. And um, it's it's been working out. So, yeah, I, I I would hate to see anyone anyone else in our team with the players that we have. I'd hate to see anyone starting over him because I don't think that's deserved, and I don't think that would be the best move either. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. do you guys think? To add on to that, um, Martins is not a plug and play type of player. Um, he he's has a very unique way of playing. He's a smart IQ player and. He, as I've said many times in the past, he makes the players around him better. He's he's a, a a vocal point of the team in the offense, whether that's the cam role or sometimes maybe second striker or winger. You need to understand how he's playing, and he needs to kind of find his groove groove in the team. And that that's not something that you can just throw on, you know, a player in the in the fiftieth minute and ex, ex, like expect him to all of a sudden change the offense immediately. And that's why I think, Emma, to your point, in the beginning of the season, it was choppy. Because we had Ziyech, we had Kerem, we had Tete, we had Barish. All these different players playing different positions. Okan Buruk trying to figure out what 11 works. Zaha, I almost forgot Zaha. Like, so all these different players that he's trying to figure out in that front four lineup. And Martins, naturally being the oldest, probably was less in the pecking order. He's on his last year of his contract. And we have all these new younger players, new expensive players that we probably expect to play. So Martins was coming in and out. And like our even with or without him, our offense just didn't have its identity because we just changed so much from last year. So again, plug and play didn't really work. Now you see him consistently playing. You see he knows what he needs to do on the field and the players around him, they know what to expect from Martins. They, they all learn. It doesn't matter if you put Budish there. It doesn't matter if you have Halid up there, whoever it is, right? They all kind of understand, okay, this is how Martins plays. Now everybody else is a plug and play around him because he's he's that high of an IQ player where he can he can work with everybody now because he he's a he's a piece of that puzzle that is no longer changing. Now, if we start to see Martins come off the bench again and somebody else play there instead, instead I wouldn't be surprised if our offense is all of a sudden less attractive than it was before, if it's more confusing, if we're going to be talking again, what are we doing out there? Because Martins is not there. So 
um unfortunately he is of age so it's not like i can get super excited about what he's going to bring for this team for years to come but in the past few games uh more than that he's been exceptional so really really happy with him yeah i'm happy with him too as many probably are thinking wish he came a little earlier and it's funny he came to be i don't think he came to be a midfielder either but he's so smart and so good at just thing called football that he can play there as well and he succeeded there so uh yeah um i don't have anything else to add to the game if you guys have any more to add um there was one one other quick thing i wanted to talk about and it was uh carlos vinicius so the last episode that we had, Yasin and I were talking about um, talking about him, the transfer, what kind of player we think he is and what we might be able to expect. And then the day after he played in our cup match and then he came on in this match in the 70th minute or so. And uh, what did you guys think of him in this match and just so far? Like I, I'm... I miss Bukambu already. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I'm seeing a lot of different opinions and like so with with me so in that cup game he had one horrific miss even though i think it was offside doesn't really matter for me like he still missed and like when i saw that when i saw him do that i said oh my god oh my god <laughs> ring up bakambu right now bro ring him up right fucking now and get his ass back on loan but he ended up scoring that match and I'm, I'm not sure yet what to think. Like, to be honest, I don't think he's going to be that good for us. I'm just going to say that. But it is nice that he has some type of chemistry building with Tete. That's nice. But if you ask my opinion right now, I don't think he's going to be that good for us. What do you guys think? Well, you heard me say I don't think he I think Umut Bolt's a better player than him. But I might be speaking too soon, so yeah. let me simmer down a little oh, bit. Oh, and you know what else I forgot to mention that I found so interesting too? Maybe it's because Bakambu was, was a little more proven, but bro, when Bakambu came, he, he had kind of a really uh, rough start with us, I guess you can say. And everyone was like, oh, you know, give him some time, give him some time, let him settle in, let him settle in and do his thing. And I don't see anyone saying that with Vinicius. Everyone's just like, oh, he's shit. He's trash. Get him the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? I mean, listen, what has he done past couple of years? No, nothing that's like, really. No, that's yeah. the thing. That's why I, I think people were saying that because Bakambu has kind of proven in this league and some other good leagues as well. I think that's why that happened. But I just, I, I had a laugh when I thought about that <laughs> as well. Yeah. What do you um, think, Yes? I mean, yeah. I don't necessarily have high expectations. I it's like whatever, right? How many times did we see Bakambo play for us in the last six months? Um, as long as Icardi's healthy, um, even if he's not 100%, he's going to be playing. And that means Vinicius is not. Um, but it's too early to say as well, right? He's, he's still trying to understand, you know, get a groove for it. Uh, fortunately, as you mentioned, Tete and him seem to be the best of buddies already. That's always a good thing for both players involved. Um, that's good for Tete. Tete has been a little bit disappointing. Hopefully now that he has a buddy, he's going to kind of improve, you know, just morale and general happiness. The, the happier you are as a player, the better you're going to play. And that's going to help uh, Vinicius get accustomed to the team. There's other 
South American players in the team. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that that miss was terrible, John. Uh, so, you know, anybody who saw that miss, I'm sure after that you don't feel anything positive going forward. But uh, he did score. So there's that. He did score at the end of the day. Uh, in He's that game. lucky that position was offside anyway. <laughs> Either way, John, as John said, it doesn't matter if he was offsides or not. That was disgusting. Yeah. We, we, found out, we found out he was offsides after. So it's not like he yeah. heard the whistle and he like, you know, said screw it and just shot terribly. No, he tried to score that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 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 then- <laughs> and, and bro, I came to a full realization when I saw that too. When he missed that, I was like, oh my God, he's the type of player that no matter what, no matter what and where he is, he's going to try to use his left foot. No matter what the fucking situation is, he's not, he's going to avoid his right foot at all costs. And no. it's kind of looking like that. Even though he did score in that cup game with his right foot, um, still, I can still kind of see that he's always trying to bring the ball on his left foot. Yeah, Bro, that's a good point, actually. Go ahead, Emre. Is that what you're going to I was just going to say, why... We all played soccer before football before. How can you not do a tap in with both feet? I feel like that's something you should practice. Let's be real. Like, Bro, like as a if professional, if the are you ball, kidding me? Bro, yeah, let, the let, ball. Let, let, let me tell you about a player named Kedem. Bro, like his, his, <laughs> his tap ins with his dominant foot are even like terrible. Kedem never missed a position like open net like this, and the ball was coming from the ground. Let's be real. He's not. He did not miss an open Emmer, net come like on, this. Come on, come on, come on. He missed pretty bad ones. No, no, no I'm not, not gonna not, front. Not just Kedem, bro. World class strikers miss tappings in front of the net sometimes on their dominant yeah, well, foot. It, it is what it is. Uh, come on, but this was like not even that fast, man. Like, yeah, that was bad. Dude, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, like, it, it, it is, yeah, it, dude, it's just, I, I, I was shocked by that, bro. It was like, the ball wasn't coming across that fast. There was no pressure from any defenders. The Like, 90% of the net was wide open. He was really close. He, he just, like, he just, like, uncoordinated with his right foot or something, bro. Like, he just missed it somehow. Like, what the hell? And not just the cup game, but also this game too. I don't know if you guys remember now, but I think it was towards the end of the game, obviously, after he got subbed on. Barish came down the right side. He pulled it uh, to his left side uh, after he went down to the goal line. Mm-hmm. Simple pass right to Vinicius. And Vinicius tried to kind of like place it far post with his left foot. Disgusting fucking shot, bro. Like no power, no nothing. <laughs> I think it went wide. Like yeah, it did yeah, go yeah. wide. <laughs> Dude, that was that was also really bad. Cardi's like, why couldn't that have been me? He's like standing there just that ass. He was at the far post just watching it all happen. Like, oh my god, what am I dealing with right now? He's like the opposite end of a magnet. You know, when you like try to put two <laughs> magnets together and it like repels. He's really him and the ball are like that right now. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was You know what bad. pisses me off on top of that? If he was Brazilian, maybe Tete would actually pass to him. Because he tries Icardi, to find mean, Vinicius. Right? Yeah, if Icardi yeah. was Brazilian, mm. maybe Tete would actually pass to him. Jesus I don't Christ. Know. I don't know if that's a thing yet. I have to see that a little bit more. I don't know if like Tete is like avoiding Icardi. I haven't seen that yet. So I don't know. Speaking maybe of just avoiding, so. just real quick, during the game, Zaha on the left side had a lot of space and Tete was wide fucking open on the right side. Opposite side, 
Zaha could have made that pass and he didn't. Did you guys see that? Like there was another one that he could have made to Icardi as well, but he tried to pass far right again and they they uh, stole the ball. I, I was, what the hell is Zaha doing, bro? Uh, I'm sensing a little bit of frustration with Zaha. Last game in the cup game, actually, specifically, uh, we totally forgot to talk about the cup game. Not that there's a lot to talk about, but Zaha got subbed off before the end of the game when the other team, Bonnemasur, was actually like, you know, kind of threatening us. They were coming back a little bit. And you would have thought that like a player like Zaha, who's an offensive threat, stays in the game. Hoja took him off like as if we were like winning for nothing. Like he put in like some bunch of young players or whatever. And then after he got subbed off, Zaha was like had his arms open and out like to Okan Buruk on the sideline. Like, why did you take me off kind of situation? So he was not happy there. And surprisingly, he didn't start today. I mean, not today. This this last game against Bashakshe. I thought he would start. We talked about it, right? Kedem is not in the best form mentally or his actual performance. He's not in form. I thought it's a great time to play Zaha. Like, Zaha has kind of had decent games. He scored assists or whatever. What better time to bench Kedem and play Zaha? Like, I thought it made perfect sense. It didn't happen. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but I don't know if it was made up either, but apparently after the game, um, Okamburuk, like, mentioned how Zaha or like maybe it was a general code like you players can't question like the minutes that they play or how like whether they stay on the game or not and I think he mentioned Zaha's name uh don't quote me on that but like does that sound familiar to you guys or yes he said something like that yeah so not Zaha in particular not... but he said like people need to make the most of the minutes they get yeah that's not and a he's good like, look yeah, and he has a bunch of players that he needs to give time to, so he can't really be complaining too much. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I, I, I still want to see him start, to be honest, over Kedem. Um, I, I still think he's quality, but I don't know. If anything but, like, Kedem just not in the mental state to be playing right now. He's just degressing. So yeah. you need to give him some time off. Maybe play him in away games. Where he has less pressure from fans. That's a good point. So I think that's maybe against, you know, who who's our next game? Not Europe. It's Ankara Gujarat away, I believe. So that, that's right. maybe we'll that's see right. him. We'll see him then. Um, but yeah, speaking of our next game, you guys ready to go and talk about it a little yep. bit before we wrap this up. We're yeah. playing Sparta Praha. Or is it Prague? I don't know. I've seen it pronounced both ways. But we play Sparta Prague February 15th at home in the arena. Now, a little emphasis on Sparta Prague as they are leaders in their domestic league and they have been on a very, very good run right now. They're in immense form. Uh, so, they haven't lost in 11 matches and they're beaten in six, unbeaten in six away games. So... What do we think, lads? Easy. <laughs> All right, so? relax. Relax. So, okay, wait. Before I, I, I say what I think, um, what I'm, so I'm curious because Nelson came off injured in the Bashakshir match, right? Uh, is he going to be able to play? And when is Abdul Kerim coming back? That's my question. Both, both. Questions we don't have answers to. Because then, 
my answer is going to change because if Nelson can't play and I and neither can Abdul Karim, shit. Uh, <laughs> I I'm not sure what's going to happen. Can't can, can I on, bro? Come on, don't yeah, forget her, yeah, the Joker. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Listen, you he's can, not he's not going to no. be at the same level as other two names, but he's still decent, right? Like, yes. It's, you might not feel as confident about it, but it's not like I feel like fucking Jetson yeah. is playing center back <laughs> thanks to Fatih Tenen back in the day. Um, yeah. I, this man still stuck on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll never move on from that bullshit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. I guess we do still have Khan, but I hope to God one of them can play Nelson or Abdul Karim. Probably, I think Nelson is more likely, I think. But, um, I don't know. I hate to always be this guy, but I'm sorry. I don't think they're that good, man. I don't think they're that good, man. Like, I just don't think Are you that, watching them? Bro, so, okay, I haven't watched uh, any full match, like 90-minute match that they've played, but I have watched the highlights for every single one of their Europe games. And I've watched full highlights for a few of their league games. But it's just not that impressive to me beating like fucking who, whoever the hell they have in their league, bro. Like, it's just not that impressive for me. And I th- you guys will see too. Like, I would be surprised if you guys disagreed with me. Go back, watch every single highlight video from all their Europe games. They don't look that good to me. And we the time has come now. I've said this, I don't know how many episodes ago it was, and I've said it privately, publicly on the podcast as well. I'm going to be really upset with Okan Buruk. I'm going to be really <laughs> upset, really, really upset. Judgment day is coming. If we can't get past them, when we had 60 days to prepare for this match with a full transfer window. Well, winter well, can transfer. Can you blame him for that? Uh, or do right. you blame the yeah. Unitim for that? He comes I will, in with the excuses. <laughs> I will blame... I, okay, I'll, I'll wrap him up with, with our management and with our board yeah. as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. wrap them all in one. I'm going to be really, really, really upset because they are not... Like, this is not a big team we're playing. This should not be difficult for us. It just shouldn't be. This should never be a difficult match for us, bro. We're playing them over two legs as well. It's not like we have one match. Ah, oh, fuck. Someone got a red card. We got a, pen- a penalty against us. We've, you know, we, we bottled the match. There's two legs here, bro. If we cannot get past them, I'm going to be really, really upset with Okan and his team, bro. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I agree. Just to quickly add on to that. I get it. You know, it's, it's a European match and... I don't think there's such thing as an easy team, but we we can't discredit ourselves either. Look what we did against Munich, what we did against United, um, even against Copenhagen. These are all, in theory, better teams than Sparta Park because they're in the Champions League group stages. And two of the teams, they they went to the Champions League ahead of us. You could argue that we should be in the Champions League right now, still. So our team composition, did it really change that much? I mean, we lost maybe our best and most consistent defender, okay. But otherwise, I mean, for the most part, we have stayed the same. Are we in the best form heading into this Sparta Prague game, especially a key player like Icardi? No. But 
you imagine, and I think history serves true, the players concentrate and focus at a different level when it comes to European football. You you see this not just this year, but every single year that we're in the European football playing European football. When it comes to Thursday night games, Wednesday, Tuesday night games, it's different atmosphere. And we're playing this game at home. So you know that the fans are gonna be there. You know that the fans are gonna do their job, as always, in creating that European atmosphere. Are they gonna do their job? Because so. last time last time we played and we were down a goal, they all went quiet instead of, you know, ramping up the team. Wait, so, which, which one? Know. Which match? Which match? One the, of the uh, home games. I think it was Ch- against Champions Bayern. League match? Yeah, Champions oh, okay, League. Okay. When we were when even, at home. Even the and, and I think United I as at, well. I was, even the game that I was at, the Copenhagen game, I think it was 2 nothing. We were losing. And then we tied 2-2, right? And like yeah. the last 10 minutes. Yo, those fuckers were fucking quiet, bro. Everybody was clenching their ass, like yeah. hoping that we somehow turn it around. It's it's true, Emery. You're right. It's you know we we do fall and we fall victim to that uh, situation, but for the most part, you know, getting the game started at least, right? Like the fans, they have a lot of responsibilities, whether we're winning or losing. But at least in terms of starting the game off strong and supporting the team, we do a pretty good job with that. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not concerned, and to ju- just to kind of piggyback well, off of John, if, I if, guess if we fuck this up, then we have a I big don't, problem. I, I don't. I don't have the same like positive outlook on this, considering that again, we don't know if Nelson is out completely. We don't even have a left back. It's gonna be either Budish or Khan. But then if you put Budish there, and you need Khan for the center back, who's gonna play right uh, right wing? Well, you know Z- what I mean? Zaha and Kedem are going to play for sure. Uh, look, you you have two players that are not really producing much lately. Yeah, but we have to. Who else are we going to play? Yeah. We have no choice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is we, <laughs> th- That's the problem. We don't have a choice. We don't have but, other but, but options. But see, that's the thing. That's the thing, though. Bro, we're saying we don't have a choice, and the choice is Wilfred Zaha. Bro. Whoa, I've never heard of such a thing. It's like, oh, fuck. What do you mean? We have no choice, bro. We have, we have to play Wilfred Zaha. Someone told me that like one or two years ago, I'd fucking lose it. <laughs> well, is Zaha the old Zaha that we know from two years ago, though? No, but he's still fucking quality, man. Like, bro, it's still Zaha of- playing against Sparta Praha, bro. Like, it, the, 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 no matter how you cut it, bro, like, it's just Sparta Praha. It doesn't matter. Like, it, they're only so good. This is a team that we loaned out Semikaya to and we didn't know what oh, to do with it. Fucking him, bro. hell. <laughs> fucking hell, bro. Oh, my Lord. Listen, Turkish teams struggle against Czech teams, bro. Let's just be real. Turkey in the like in uh, the Euros or what have you, in the World Cup. No, not World Cup. World qualifiers. Anything. When we go against Czech teams, the Czech you know, national team, we got destroyed before. And it's just there. Like, I, I feel like we're underesti- underestimating the hell out of them. I think we should slow our roll just a tad bit here. If I, can, if I can just bring us back down to earth just a little bit. Just a bro, little bit. I, I'm on earth, bro. Two feet on fucking <laughs> planet earth, bro. Like, I'm, I'm fucking gravitated up in this bullshit, bro. Like, I'm, I'm saying that we should, we should win this game. I'm not saying we should win five nothing or some shit like that. Like we should win this game at home. Well, if you we have win- to win this game. Yes, that's at what it comes down to as well. If we don't win at home, let's say we tie it, it's GGs. 
I think it's done. You're but, not beating them away. But bro, like you, uh, we still can. Look still at can but but look it, at it look at it through a different lens as well. Like think about you know the fucking three guys doing the Sparta Praha podcast right now. <laughs> and they're like they're like holy shit, bro. Gosrai haven't lost in 12 matches. They're unbeaten in 12 home matches, bro. Like, they have Icardi, Zaha, this, that. For they're, real, they're, bro, bro. They're probably <laughs> stressing right now. They're like, fuck, we have to go to Istanbul in the first match, too. We're fucked, boys. That's it. You know? And we're here saying, fuck, guys, what are we going to do? We have to play Wilfred Zaha in this match. <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, it just doesn't fucking make sense, bro. Like, we have to win this game. It, 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 there's no other way around it, bro. We have to win this game. You know? Yeah, well, obviously we have to win it, but you're saying as if Zaha has been producing miracles game after game, what did he do in the Champions League other than score against Man U? We don't need miracles to fucking beat Sparta. You, Braha, that, okay, but you don't even have that against anyone in the league in the, properly, bro. What did he do? Like he bro, Okay, he did bro, well Basha, against Basha, Basha shit beats Sparta, bro. Like, I don't know what else to tell you, bro. Yeah, and we, he didn't perform that well. So, so what do you Basha want me to say? The Bushwick game. In, in the Bushwick share uh, game. Uh, bro, mm. to be honest, anyways, this is maybe getting a little bit out of hand now. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I can keep going. But I know you guys hand. can. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, fuck. Dude, if we, if we lose this game, <laughs> this next episode, fuck. Dude, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to tell you that right fucking now, bro. I mean... It's not the end of the world for me personally because right now yeah, I cause think... Yeah, because mentally you fucking accepted that we might lose this game. <laughs> also, I find that the league is pretty important right now. Like, all right, Europe yeah, is always facts. important. Yeah. But like, guys, we apparently we're in such dark, you know, in, in some shit with FFP and financials that we can't even make a, a transfer. Meanwhile, we have like 60 million in income. On top of the sponsorship deals that Adam Timur made, but then you look at the other side of the picture, you see other teams like Besiktas, they don't make any sales, but they bring in like two players for like 20-some million euros. Yeah, I don't know what the huh. fuck happened there, bro. They Interesting. <sighs> right? Uh, so I, I if, if they say, listen, we wanted to focus on the league, so we're not going as hard in Europe, I can accept it. In Champions League, I would never accept it. Like... Every game, I want us to go out to win. But, like, you, I don't know, man. I don't know. A lot of teams do that. They don't. They want to focus on the league. But if Okan Buruk wants to go hard and try to win this game, it doesn't matter for me either. At the end of the day, I will accept that we are leaders in the league and we're heading towards the championship. So, if that means having to cut out Europa League, I'm, I'll accept it. I don't know. All right, then. Should we give uh, score predictions then? or You know, I don't do that. All right. Yasin, should we give the score prediction? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Sparta Pra, Evelyn. I'll say Gala. Bro, I'm just going to keep going with the same prediction. <laughs> 3-1 win. Even though I've been wrong, I'm just going to say it again. 3-1 win. All right. Uh, Emre changed my mind. I'm going to go Sparta Praha 4-0. <laughs> Wait. There you go. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I'm gonna say. Um, Yo, imagine that happens. <laughs> fuck. Oh, dude. If that happens, it's gonna be a riot on this podcast next week. I'll tell you that. But um, I'll say. Uh, I'll say two nil for us. Of course. I'll say two nil. 
Okay. I'm going to say, with that said, guys, this has been episode 79. Wait, 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 wait. So, sorry. That game is on the 15th, which is Thursday. Fucking Thursday night football, bro. I already missed the Champions League. Is this what you destroyed my segue for, Yasin? No, no. I was going to say. I had a perfect I, I, segue. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand if uh, we, we were going to do the next episode after the Uncutter game, which is on Sunday. So do we want to make predictions for that game too while we're at it? That's what I was going to say. You guys, do you guys foresee us making an episode between Thursday night and Sunday? It's possible, bro. It's possible. I might have to just solo an episode if we lose that game. Oh my lord, bro. Oh my god. And if we if we win, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make a quick prediction. I already fucking okay. said it. All right. Ankara That's away, and this is a whole situation. I don't know if you guys see it, but their their pitch is awful, and we don't want to mm-hmm. play on it. But mm-hmm. they're adamant about playing on it because. I don't fucking know. I guess they want to sell some tickets and make a little bit of revenue, but that that's not established yet. What's going to go on with that? In the past, TFFA has moved games from stadium to stadium because of pitch. So hopefully they do it for us. They did it for Fener and Mishkatesh before. They never did it for us as far as I can remember. And we've asked them multiple times. Yeah, so hopefully they do that because a player recently got injured on that same pitch and is out for the next seven, eight months. So... um hopefully that's reason to move it um anyways with that said uh on karugujur they are let me take a quick look at the standings uh they are in 11th mid table um as close to relegation as they are third place essentially which is kind of crazy sort (laughs) of um anyways i think we'll win that game too it'll be tough i'm gonna say 2-1 win away for that game yeah that's hard and now i'm i'm worried about yeah, this whole too. thing. I I didn't realize that. But uh, I'm going to say 1-0 then. 1-0. One goal in like the 85th minute to win it. And that's yeah. it. And that's 90, like a game like that. Yeah, right? In 90 minutes of a shit show after a European game as well where we're going to play amazing, a great performance. And then everyone's like, oh, we're going to destroy Ankara Guju now. And we have to rely on like... Vinicius scoring some scrappy ass goal in the 90th minute. I've seen it all too many times, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yep, I'm guessing yep. you're not adding anything to that. Do you want me to add something to that? Yes. No, no, no. You can close it now, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. 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 I have the clearance from you too, John, to close it. Oh, be my guest, please. Okay. With that said. This has been episode 79 of The Lion's Den. Thank you all for joining us. You can find us at Twitter and Instagram. And our handle is at The Lion's Den GS. You can hit us up with questions. If you want to invite to our Discord where we talk, watch games together, you know, just hang out. Hit us up. Send you an invite. And with that said, you guys take care and peace out. Peace. Peace.